What's up, fam? Welcome back to our channel. My name is Tim, and this is the W Podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us. You may realize Pauline is not here, and that's because for the rest of the year, most likely, we're going to be doing something we call the W Podcast. We just had a baby edition. Now, the baby is not here yet, but keep us in your prayers. Any day now, the baby could be coming, and we're really just starting to gear up. She's just focusing on being able to be healthy and deliver a healthy baby. So we are super excited to add on to our family, but we still feel called to serve you all in this season. So we're doing these uh, potentially quick, we'll see how the Lord leads, but potentially quick episodes where I'm going to bring on a guest or some weeks it may even just be myself and maybe we'll do some live Q&A, who knows. Uh, but we still want to be able to give you some great quality content. And that's why I'm excited to start this off with some people that have been friends of the podcast before. They've been on before, had one of the best episodes that one of the most watched episodes that people have ever watched on our channel. When we talked about what does it look like to be a newlywed, now we're going to talk about what does it look like to go to a marriage conference? How does that benefit your marriage? We're going to talk about what does it look like to have a strong marriage after having a child? Because now they have a child. And what does that look like? How do you still serve each other, show up for each other, love each other? So we're going to get into it. Let me stop talking and invite them on to the podcast. Micah and Amani, what's up, fam? Hey, hey, we back. Hey. <laughs> we back. Bro, I, I'm excited to have y'all on because like I said, literally... Like, that's an episode that people were like, this is good. This is helping me. And I'm just excited to have you all back because I know it's going to happen again. But in case there's somebody who's new, who never watched the W podcast before, just stumbled across this, give us kind of a little quick brief intro on y'all selves just so they can know who you are. Cool. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, as you said, we are friends of the podcast. Uh, we actually met you guys through your Just Dating uh, course back when it was a group at our church and I was just dating university. That's when we met. Uh, me and Imani met in high school. We were not friends in high school, but you know, Instagram reconnected us and we found out that we had a good match. Um, and ever yeah. since then, we've been inseparable. So it's going down in the DMs for real. That was real yeah. life for y'all. That wasn't a song. <laughs> <laughs> not no more. <laughs> But uh, we've been married, what, two and a half, almost two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, our baby boy is three and a half, almost four months now. And as you said, the marriage conference, that was year two for us. Yeah. So we yeah. went from basically to jump. Yeah. So let's just go right there. What made y'all, obviously, year two, like you said, still fresh in it. Some people, especially older folks who've been married, 30, 40 years, probably say y'all still in the honeymoon stage. Like, even though I don't know if that's true, but they would still say y'all still in the honeymoon stage, y'all still fresh. I feel like oftentimes when we think about marriage conferences, we think about maybe some older couples, maybe couples who have gone through some things and they need to kind of get a fresh start, a restart. What made y'all, people who love each other still, like each other still, why did y'all decide to take that step? So for us, it was easy. We want to invest in our marriage early and often. So year one, we actually went to the conference. So this is our second year going to the conference. And it was just as amazing, if not more. Um, it is a stigma that, you know, your marriage has to be on the rocks or it has to be some type of chaos going on for you to go to events like this. 
but it's actually the opposite. You actually go to these events, one, to connect with other couples that have a wealth of knowledge. People have been in the room married 40 years, and it's multiple people. And they have a recipe for doing it God's way and doing it longevity-wise. Yeah, going through Um, everything. And then you get resources and tools to have a good marriage. And afterwards, it's not like, oh, you know, we all go our separate ways. We'll see you next year. We have small groups, which they call pods, and we get to meet up on a regular basis throughout the year where our leaders are connecting with us. We do have that mentorship. So it's like, hey, if you do have a question or concern or you just want to chuck the breeze, now you have someone you can reach out to who's gone through nine times ten, whatever you've gone through. Um, and you can have that conversation or just have fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard me. Nah, that's mm-hmm. Micah told me about it and I, I told him to send me the info. So I definitely that sounds like something we definitely, me and Pauline, want to be a part of. Uh, because like you said, marriage is something that's worth investing in. And I'm not surprised that y'all have done it because Micah, you mentioned how we met going through our group. Y'all were people who invested in your relationship before marriage. Yes. And like did that mindset, is that what helped you kind of continue to do that in marriage? Because I feel like so many people just say, once I get married, then maybe I'll do all of that stuff. But kind of what did it look like for y'all when you were dating still to be like, I, I need to invest. And was it, were you thinking about it in the future? Like, I know that this is a habit we need to start now. Or was it just something that just happened? So the the us getting into your group was mostly Imani's idea. And I'm glad that it was because I I was skeptical. Um, I was hesitant because I was I was that person that's I'm still an introvert, low key at heart. But being in your group and Pauline's group actually mm-hmm. broke me out of that shell. So noticing that um, we we took that next step, saying, "Hey, we're gonna invest from day one mm-hmm. because we feel that God has a call on our lives." to um to help other couples yeah. to help other people who need you know that that godly community mm-hmm. um so that helped us to invest and actually be like in depth with it and say this is what we're going to do this is what we're called to do yeah. um so we took it from your group to mm-hmm. the marriage conference which was uh called Eusebia um we went from that to Eusebia and that mm-hmm. really kind of just empowered us to do our own different marriage ministry and different things like that as we're still growing in that way too. Absolutely. And it's actually really a God um, thing because if you Google marriage conferences, Christian marriage conferences, it is not that many things that come up. So our um, really good friends, they actually told us about it. They're like, Hey, like you guys should definitely come newlyweds or not. um, Definitely come and check it out. And it's something that is, a hidden secret, a hidden gem, and we want the world to know it's UCP Alive, and it is amazing. All right, fam. So this is a real-life podcast. I said W Podcast, we just had a baby, but we're talking to people who really did just have a baby a few months ago, uh, and the baby boy is with us. Uh, so if you hear a noise, please don't be distracted. Uh, just know that this is real-life parenting at its finest. So speaking of parenting, I'm curious – how have y'all been able, or how are you trying, because it's still new, how are you trying to keep your marriage strong even after having a kid? Because for a lot of people, that is something that is scary about introducing new life into your marriage and 
feeling like you're losing your partner. A lot of men feel like they lose their wives. What does that look like for y'all or has it looked like for y'all? Yeah, we, we had that moment. Um, <laughs> I would say, honestly, it was probably month one, month mm -hmm. one and a half around there. Where I was like, mm -hmm. oh, man, Imani loves Max. She she kind of loved me. <laughs> but then we also had like a moment where we were like, OK, let's get a schedule together where like mm -hmm. we do have that that intentionality where, hey, we're spending that time together every yeah. day where no matter if I go to work in the morning or the evening, like we we make sure we have that time opposite of when I go to work to spend together. And I'm taking care of Max, taking care of her, mm -hmm. um, trying to help her, you know, do whatever she need to do. Like if she has meetings or something, I'm, I'm there to take care of Max. Um, but that's one way we've kind of gotten through it, at least yeah. me, because I it, it took a while for me to realize she still loved me. Yeah. No, can, can we like unpack that a little bit? Because I'm sure there's yeah. some guys right now who they're going to be married one day. They want to have kids. How did you kind of process your feelings or what made you kind of feel like, uh, I think she still loved me? <laughs> like, kind of, <laughs> what did that look like? Because I, I, I think we all guys who've been there understand mm -hmm. it, but men don't always have the language. Right. So it's 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 still those moments where it's lack of sleep. So mentally, both parties are exhausted mentally, mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, all of that. Both parties are exhausted. But us as guys, we're not giving our bodies to mm -hmm. a baby. We're not literally like recovering from giving birth to a baby. Mm -hmm. So our wives are going to say, OK, hey, I do still love you. I may not be as physical or I may not be as like present, physically present, but at the same time, there's a there's a newborn that's literally taking the energy and the the time from the mom mm -hmm. who's embracing a new role. So we as we as the husbands have to be like, okay, hey, cool, you're feeding him or feeding her. What can I get for you? Can I get you some water? Can I get you some food? Can I get you something? That way, when she's done feeding, she doesn't have to get up and do those things. That gives her more time to tend to your needs. Mm -hmm. That gives her more time to say, hey, look, the baby sleep. Do you want to hang out? Do you want to cuddle? Do you want to watch a movie? Do you want to yeah. like draw different things? Whatever people are into, mm -hmm. that time is definitely going to be best served after mm -hmm. serving the wife. Because then it's just like yeah. cool. Now she doesn't have to get up and do stuff. Now it's now it's y'all turn because it's already done, mm -hmm. and then y'all can just hang out. All right, mm -hmm. now, now you're talking. You're saying some hey. stuff now. Now <laughs> let's 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 unpack it a little bit more because okay. if I'm a guy listening to this and mm -hmm. I I am a guy and I've been there, you just talked about how exhausted you are. Obviously, the mom was exhausted. That's we mm -hmm. a thousand percent get that. But as the as the man. How did you overcome mm. your own tiredness to be willing to serve? Because it takes energy to serve. Mm -hmm. And you just said that you were tired. So how did you balance that? Because that kind of, it sounds contradictory, even though I know it isn't. But for someone listening, they're like, mm. bro, make it make sense. How sweet. Yeah. Like, they're like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll be, I'm going to be honest. Mm. I didn't drink energy drinks like that before mm. the baby. Before Max was here, I didn't drink energy mm -hmm. drinks. Now, it's not an everyday thing, but it's like, okay, mm -hmm. hey, I got to go to work. I know I can, you know, I can maybe drink one of the energy drinks and I'll be good for a little while. But before I was going to work, what I would do is when he sleep and Imani sleep, I'm sleep. 
at least one of the times because he took three to five naps or something like that a day. And at least one or two of those naps, I would lay down. Yeah. So that would help me be recovered, like mm-hmm. ready for the next, ad- ready for the next adventure. Mm-hmm. But there were times where in my, my way of resting is not necessarily sleeping. My way of resting is actually mm-hmm. sitting down, like watching TV, watching YouTube, playing the game, something like that, where I'm just mm-hmm. mentally refreshing myself. And then when he's up, okay, hey, I can do this. I can do that. Or if, if I'm not doing that, I can do something before mm-hmm. I lay down. That way it just makes it easier when we all get up. Yeah. No, that's really good. Because I remember when, when our son was was at the age that, that y'all's is, I had to, I didn't think this. Let me say this. I did not think this. But I had the thought that I could understand how somebody could want to get divorced. Because you're just so tired. You're just so tired. You're like, oh, it, it's, it's real. real. <laughs> it's real. We said it in unison. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and honestly, that's the enemy and mm-hmm. it's it's like torture to be sleep deprived because it'd be happening at 3 a.m you wake up what you say to me at 12 p.m today yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then you you start having these thoughts and you're like why is he sleep what <laughs> look like, like why why am i up why what you yeah. look too comfortable and i'm telling it's the enemy yeah, and he like, will talk right, to you get up, get up go you change would, your diaper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i sleep deprived that's another tip for the fellas Change in the middle of the night. You change the diaper. She feed. Mm-hmm. Then stay up and get her some water. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that practicality. On the spiritual tip, because you brought it up, Amani, and you're right. The enemy he hates marriage. He hates godly marriage. Mm-hmm. So any opportunity he can to slither in, he's gonna try to. Yes. So what have y'all tried to do? Started doing, learning to do, on a spiritual tip. To kind of guard your marriage, because like you said, it's so easy, especially when you're tired. Like you're just not your best. It's just mm-hmm. period. Like you're just not. So how have y'all kind of guarded your marriage against mm-hmm. those attacks? I can go real quick. So you want to sure. Okay, sorry. Well, one thing that I'm excited about, we went since we went to Eusebia, we actually got mm-hmm. some tips. Um, one tip is yeah. pray together. Set a time every day to pray together, and there's like a whole uh, six mm-hmm. six characteristics of marriage that we've learned that we we can dive deeper into later that was actually like really helpful for us absolutely and praying together but also um when you're praying not blaming each other because mm-hmm. we can have a tendency um as humans to want to go to god about our spouse and make our complaints known versus going to god with a repentant heart and saying you know creating me a clean heart, oh Lord. Like what what do I need to change in me? Um, so that was the first thing, just being more consistent with um, praying together in the morning and in the afternoon. And also seeking wise counsel. That was something that was big for us. This is our first time. It's our first rodeo um, being parents. And it is honestly the hardest transition going from zero children to one child because you all have your own dynamic and now you have a baby and everything changes. So every situation that we were facing, whether it's, oh, let's put them in a car seat for the first time. Well, let's go Mm. to the store or whatever. This is the first time all of this is happening. And we're trying to figure out our parenting style. We're trying to figure out how to take care of him together. Yeah. So we had to seek wise counsel. That was just a must. Um, And whether your wise counsel is, family and friends, people who've been through it already, or literally a marriage counselor, 
you definitely needed in that season. Um, another thing I would say is also fasting. So I know, depending if you're breastfeeding or uh, where you are postpartum as a woman, I would say just seek the Lord on what to fast from, whether it's social media, whether it's actual food or certain foods, just to have that clarity because postpartum is a crazy season. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a crazy season. And you're finding yourself and you're discovering who you are as a mom and you're also still a wife. So none of your responsibilities left. And now you have to literally rely on God in a holy way. Yeah. Both of us. Absolutely. Because guys do feel the postpartum as well. Um, ours is different where uh, I think a lady was explaining it. We have like three kind of different emotions that we go through. Like it was quickly. the lactation um, nurse. Yeah, it was it was crazy. She was like, we get like basically rage, rage eat, kill. Yeah, rage, eat, kill. So like the rage is like, ah, I just want to I just want to do something. And then the eat is like, okay, I I have no idea what I'm feeling. I'm going to eat whatever I see. And then the kill is just like the frustration. And it's just like- Go out and provide. Yeah, I got to go out and just do everything to bring money, resources, whatever back home. Mm -hmm. So those three emotions all hit. Mm -hmm. It was quickly. a fourth one. Uh oh, I don't remember that. Procreate. Yeah, that one too. But yeah. It's like, okay, I just want to get back out of that six-week period yeah. where my wife can serve my needs again. And that's how people literally end up going back to back as yeah. men. Because it's like, instead of dealing with all the anxiety and stress of a new child, they're like, okay, let's get it on. And then they have a child. Or let's eat. I'm literally eating everything in the house. And now, oh. now we got a gym membership. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not pointing no fingers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I need to provide. So now I'm going out there getting two jobs or I'm just working, working, working. Mm -hmm. And then or rage. Now you got road rage. You, you speedy Gonzalez. And you don't even realize it. Like you're just you just you, as a guy is just it's just instincts to like do everything we can to protect the front, protect yeah. the home front and provide. And those are all the emotions we kind of feel. And nobody really like explains that to us. Everybody is always like, hey, the women deal with these things. Just be there for it. Yeah. Also, you got to be there for yourself. Yeah. No, that's really good. Thank you all for sharing that because it's definitely something. And I didn't have the language that y'all just shared. But when we had our first kid, I definitely was in that eat portion and didn't realize it. And you just yeah. you were. 50 pounds later, you're like, yo, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you don't realize that how you're coping with that stress or whatever is by eating for some people or, or the other ways that you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's really good. So, Micah, I'm, so, I'm sure the guys are on here like, ooh, six weeks. Praise God. And, and that's, yeah. just, that's just like the minimum. Like it, sometimes it may need to be longer depending on yeah. what your wife is going through. But I'm curious because this is how I felt. I felt like I could do the six weeks. I could handle it, quote unquote, because of how I prepared before we got married. Mm -hmm. And I feel yeah. like that's one of the benefits to not having sex before marriage is because at least mentally you can say, I've done this before. But kind of walk me through, what was your experience like with that? So that did help a lot um, because if you think about it, we, we dated for a year and a half before we got married. Yeah. That's that's six weeks was easy compared to that. <laughs> but just the fact that like 
this is still my wife. Mm-hmm. And like the six weeks, I was more concerned with her mm-hmm. feeling better in her recovery than I was my needs. Mm-hmm. Um, because to be honest, like as a guy, the need is going to be there. Let's mm-hmm. let's just be real about it. The need is going to be there. But there's other ways to like kind of take your mind off of it. Take your mind off of, okay, mm-hmm. I have to. I like have to wait these six weeks. If that's all you focus on, then it's going to be harder to focus on anything else. I think those six weeks, I really got heavier into doing research about finances. I got heavier into research about how I can take care of Max. Mm -hmm. Um, I got heavier into like actually using my mind to find ways to um, build our ecosystem in a way so I, I guess i just use my energy and focus on different things that helped me out yeah no that's really good fix your focus um it's kind of what i just heard like if you're only focusing on that thing that you can't have it's going to drive you crazy um, yeah. there, there's so many other things that we can be doing um Amani, if you want like is there anything you want to share about going through that experience for you because obviously there's a lot of ladies who who may have some fear about what that's going to look like coming back from having a baby. You still got this man looking at you every day. Like, (laughs) what's up? You know what? That is something that I will say I was not prepared for Mm -hmm. in terms of having a baby and exclusively breastfeeding. So I was touched out. I was overstimulated. And I did not know what it was until my therapist friend gave me the language for it. And it was no fault of Micah. Remember, you're still a wife, right? You give birth to a baby, you're still a wife. Whether you wait the six weeks or whatever, you still, you know, touch each other. You still hold hands, things like that. But for me, literally adjusting to having Max 24-7 and feeding him every two hours and now Micah wants to cuddle. To me, I'm like, cuddle. I'm going to cuddle this baby all day. <laughs> Are you crazy? Yes. It's just like, oh my gosh. Why? Oh, I still have a husband. So for me, I had to really just express to Micah, hey, like, it's not that I don't want you to touch me. It's not that I don't want to hold your hand. But for me, I just literally have to recalibrate my mind and get used to all of this. And now month three and a half is definitely gotten better. However, there are times where I'm like, hey, you know what? Not, not yeah. now. Not, nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Micah, he'll, he want to play footsies. I'm like, nope. We got a code word for different things, like whether we are okay or if we're not okay. Like if mm-hmm. if I have a green light to like cuddle or hold her, mm-hmm. she'll give me a, she'll let me know. And vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa. So I would say for the women, just being prepared um, for the unexpected, because maybe that's not their experience. Maybe mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? I love physical touch. Give me all the things, baby, husband, auntie, whoever. That wasn't me. Um, but also being prepared to go to your checkup at your six week point, but being prepared not to be in the full swing of things. So if something is not right, if something is not feeling right, hey, flag on the play. This is not going to work. I need to go back to the OB's office. 
thankfully that wasn't our story, but I do know people who that was their story. And it's like, nothing, nothing is going down. I need to go back to the doctor. Yeah. And that's okay too, to find out what's going on. Y'all just said so many different keys that I don't want people to miss. The first thing was you had somebody to talk to. I don't know if you said therapist or it was just somebody that you you had that you could go to and be like, I don't know how I'm feeling or why I'm feeling this way. And you have somebody who's been there, who's done it, who's given you language that then helps you be able to go back to your relationship and be able to communicate with your partner. And that is so key because that's important whether you just had a baby or whether you just met somebody and you're dating and y'all are six months in and you've never had somebody trying to get as close to you as this person is and you don't know how you're feeling. Like you need somebody to be able to talk to. And I know it's not always easy to be able to find somebody you trust, but Mm -hmm. the Lord says no good thing will he withhold from you. So if you sincerely seek him and say, Lord, I need you to send somebody in my life or Lord, open my eyes. Who's already in my life that I can go to with this type of information? That's really crucial because as you can see, it doesn't go away. You're going to always need somebody that can help. And look how helpful that was that you had somebody who could tell you that because then you could go to him. That's the second key is that over communication, because now you all know how to talk to each other. And you can say, look, it's not that I don't like you. I still got love for you, dog, but I just don't want to be touched right now. <laughs> I, just, nice. I don't want to play footsies, bro. Um, and like Michael being secure enough mm-hmm. to not get angry, but to love you enough to be like, you know what? I want you to be able to get through this as well. I know I got my own needs, but I love you so yeah. much that I want to be able to do it. And now that you communicated with me, I feel like if you have somebody who's reasonable, if somebody communicates how they feel, Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, like this is like I love you, but I just that's too much touching for me right now. If somebody comes to you and they're reasonable and you have empathy, you can be like, you know what? Like that's that's cool. Like I I can I can handle not touching right now because I know that you need this just as much mm-hmm. as I need to be touched. And you guys come in the middle, and there's times where you say, "Come on, you, you touch my feet." Like you can, y- y'all can do the foot. <laughs> like y'all can do that. And then the third key, I just want to make sure people didn't miss this because y'all just be popping stuff. <laughs> and people may not realize it, but that safety word, like, that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, Max. It's good. I know. <laughs> the safety word is being able to have something that you and your partner can say. And it's not always a word. For some people, it can be mm-hmm. a look. Uh, and there's a word for it. And I, I'm blanking right now. But this is actual, this is actual like term. We have like a safety word with your partner because it makes it easier to automatically kill the tension because there's yeah, tension yeah. and then you use it. Like there was this book I was reading and the, the couple had, it was like, let's go Orioles or something like that. And mm, they had a simple term that as soon as you hear that, your guard drops. And I think there's something that when you're in a relationship, especially once you start getting serious with somebody, making sure that y'all come up with a safety word, whatever it may be, it could be bubbles. Like it could be something stupid. It don't gotta be anything deep. Right. But you know, when you hear that, yo, let's let's just calm down. Because yeah. they say an argument is never gonna die down from where it first started. So if you start out yelling, y'all gonna end the argument yelling. So mm-hmm. kind of just calm down, take a moment to chill, and then you'll actually be able to hear the person. And then the goal of conflict to move forward will actually mm-hmm. happen. So I just had to make sure I pointed that out because y'all was just talking. And not realizing y'all helping people. 
good. So last question I got for y'all, because I feel like this is something, especially with a baby, y'all mm. may not even be back to doing yet, which would be completely understandable. But date night, mm. what has that looked like? Have y'all still been able to date each other? Have y'all, because now you got to find a sitter or you, you can't just, or you got to go out with them and it's different. You know, ha has that changed for you all at all? Or have you been able to start it back up or what's your journey been with that? It's been, it's been interesting. Um, yes. So we did have a couple dates early on in Max's life. <laughs> I'll say it like that. Um, we, we did, you know, drop him with one of our parents. Um, we had one where we went to a concert. We had one where we mm -hmm. went up the street to play basketball. But those kind of showed us, like, he still needs Imani as much as, like, any baby would need their mother. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely a challenge because every time she would hear him cry, she's like, I got to go save him. I need to go get my baby. Yeah. Yep. And I was, I was like, hey, look, he's good. He's with people that we trust. He is okay. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Give me yeah. the keys. Let's turn around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it looks different now for us. And again, just a disclaimer that we are a breastfeeding family. So it looks different if you choose not to do that. But he's basically with us all the time. Um, with, it looks different for us now. We go on dates during the day. Yep. A lot of time it's like, okay, well, are you off this day? Do I have any meetings? Okay, let's go here. Yeah, we go get some food real quick. We take Max for a walk. Um, even if we like do something like as good, we went to the gym a couple of nights ago mm -hmm. as a date night when nobody else was there. We had Max there. We played whatever music we wanted, and it was it was we just make it an unconventional date night basically, yes. and it, it's helped us. I love this because I'm sure y'all know all the nonsense that's been happening on social media lately around date nights mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> the requirements <laughs> that some people have where they must be taken. Oh. But this is real life. See, it's so easy to, talk, to have this like superficial stuff when you're not in the trenches of marriage, yeah. real life and paying bills and got babies. So was this something you always had perspective on of date nights are meant for connection and not for the flash because like there's somebody who is probably listening to this who doesn't have a baby and they're like y'all went to the gym like what mm -hmm. like what is y'all mindset to be able to do something like that because i think that's dope i think it matters important but for those who are still struggling like oh, i don't know like that don't sound romantic mm -hmm. like what are i would say if they're struggling with that they probably are not ready to get married mm -hmm. marriage is not going to be ruth chris every night marriage is not going to be um you know i'm gonna take you on this horseback riding date or this TikTok worthy real date it, it, that's yeah. not what it is because one you when you're married you see this person every day you are so familiar with this person it is a different level of intimacy versus when we were dating. It's like, okay, I have this time reserved for Micah. It's already set out. I can go and, you know, take a shower, get ready, drive somewhere and meet him. He has the best of me. This man sees me all the time. He, mm -hmm. he is going to get what he gets. Sometimes it's the yeah. best of me. Sometimes it's for better or for worse and yeah. vice versa. And also when you think about it financially in a marriage, it doesn't matter how much you make, you have goals. 
And if you are really serious about setting certain things aside, especially when you have children, it's not going to be the root Chris. Sometimes it's a Chick-fil-A date. Yeah. And that's okay because we got a chance to look each other in the eye. We got a chance to connect and look, we still together. Yeah. And I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. Um, when you're dating, you generally take people out on dates to impress them, to show them like, Hey, this is, this is what I can bring to you in marriage. But in reality, once you get mm -hmm. married, you going on dates to just get away from the hustle and bustle of life. Um, like we used to go, I, I, I'll be honest, I used to take her anywhere mm -hmm. that I felt would be like impressive to her. Yeah. And now when we get married, it's like, okay, what have you not had? What experience have you not had? Mm -hmm. Let's just do that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to impress her consistently. There are days where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm trying to impress her. But for the most part, I'm like, let me do something that's going to make her smile. Yes. Like, let me do something that's going to be a memory for her. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's, that's my, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. She does the same for me. And I, genuinely wholeheartedly appreciate that yeah that's simple date nights yeah no that's really good because i think you hit the nail on the head when you're dating you're trying to impress and to some degree that's necessary mm -hmm. because look we ain't married yet you ain't coming correct already like uh, i don't know yeah. but at the same time mm -hmm. we have to what separates an adult from a child is mm -hmm. being able to have long-term perspective yes. so when you're in a dating relationship you almost want to be concerned if every date is flashy, every date is turned up. Like, is there no substance you can provide? Like, are you scared to go to the park and sit down and just have a conversation? Like, can you not talk without theatrics? That's something you may want to just think about. I'm not saying that fancy date nights are bad. I'm just saying, like Michael was saying, it's not always realistic in a marriage. And being able to be okay with that and navigate that will help you in the long term. And like you said, there's going to be times when we're going to show out. There's going to be times when we get dressed. There's going to be times when we go out. But it's not going to be every time. And that's still just as okay and will help you have just as a healthy life. Yeah. Uh, I'll touch on that real quick. Um, there was, there was, when we were dating, we actually, there's this and dates where she would come over to my parents' house or I would go over to her mom's house and we would make each other breakfast and we would cook breakfast together and that was a date. And then we would eat breakfast and go like on a hike or just go to the mall and just spend like an hour together and then that would be it. So, okay, nice. so that, that set the standard for our uh, marriage and like us fellas, we gotta be careful because if we set a high standard in dating, it'll be a high standard in marriage. Yeah, I, she she won't open the door because every single time that we date, like every single time we went out and we were dating, I opened the door. Yeah. So she's like standing by the door if I don't get to a door fast enough. So that's true. It's Good for you. Just, that's true. And even looking back to dating, even people that I dated before Micah, I didn't get to know them. Because it was the theatrics. They were trying so hard to impress or put on a front. I didn't get to see who they were. I just saw the experience. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's it's so important to get to know them because the theatrics ain't going to help you at 3 a.m. when Max is up crying. Okay. So I'm like, I go get them. You need to know. And that I'm sure that helped you all. Like yeah. when you were having your moments, when you were tired, you were able to think back, you know what? I know. Micah got my back. I know he loves me, 
even though right now this Joker looks like <laughs> he don't really got my back. Um, but if you don't have that foundation, it's yeah. hard to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fam, I appreciate y'all for real. Um, this has been another great episode. If y'all, if, if Mike, if you had something else you wanted to say, please go ahead. But if oh, not, yeah. real quick. Know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, I got a, a message actually from the one of the founders and creators of the conference. Um, he just asked that you know we share our experience. He also asked asked us to mention the forty under forty cohort is a group of younger individuals such as ourselves, such as you, uh, Tim and Pauline. Uh, it's a it's a group of younger married couples that get together. Uh, once a month, I think it's from the last Sunday every month where we do a video chat series where it's just a Zoom session and we're all working to grow in our marriage for Christ. Um, there's also another cohort that they're starting called Nest, where we're actually building up different marriage ministries. Um, so anybody that's interested in marriage ministries, mm -hmm. Nest is a way to go. This is all a part of Eusebia. It's all different pods, different cohorts, things like that. And how do you spell Eusebia? Yep. Eusebia is E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A, and it's PrayForMarriage.com. Love that. And, bro, send me the links. I'll make sure they're all in the show notes in the description. And if you're interested, definitely check that out. Um, as you can see, real marriage is right here. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, it honors God, it glorifies him. And I'm excited to see what God continues to do through y'all marriage, um, to go from being in that newlywed stage to now having a baby and y'all still together. Look, that, yes. look, there's some people that ain't the case. Yes. So, um, we're, we're, we're excited for y'all and we'll see y'all next week on the W podcast. Thanks for watching this video. To get more Christian relationship advice, subscribe to our channel. And make sure you check out our other videos as well.